0: From the All-Ireland Business Foundation, this is Elaine Carl bringing you AIBF Business Talk. AIBF is an independent national body tasked with enterprise development and the promotion of best-in-class businesses as business all-stars. Today, I catch up with George de Brun, founder and director of Fjuntar Safety Group, who are in the business of managing a safe work environment for you. Established in 2012, they provide outsourced health, safety, environmental and quality services that are delivered by a dynamic industry leading team. Thank you so much for joining me on AIBF Business Talk today, Gerard. Gerard, you've had a very interesting journey, I think, in the Fiontar Group over the last number of years because, you know, you set up in 2012, but it's been a bit of a roller coaster up and down since. Tell us all about where it all began for yourselves and the Fiontar Group.
1: Uh, yeah, so look, the business was started in 2012. Um, I was working for a large construction company in Ireland who did the administration um, and I decided then that I would uh, do a bit of freelance work. Um, The funny story for me is always I had this dream that I would work like two or three days and then go drink coffee or lunch with other people (laughs) Um, and I soon realized, I soon realized the reality of business that uh, those two or three days turned into nearly seven days a week Um, and from that the business just kind of grew from 2012 it started off small um, and very quickly then just grew we did you know we were offering outsourced health and safety to small companies at that stage. And they just needed, yeah, they just needed a bit of support and a bit of help to try and bring them in line with what they needed. Um, my approach, obviously, my background is engineering and construction, and so I was able to relate very easily with the people that I was talking to. Um, I wasn't, I suppose, health and safety gets a bad press sometimes. Um, you know, the images, the tweed jacket and the clipboard and kind of, you know, you can't do anything. And the hard hat. (laughs) And the hard hat, yeah. And I suppose just when you, you know, talk to business owners and they, and you understand what they are going through, then, and they understand, they think that you're on the same page as them. And then they start to understand that you're actually on the same page as them and that you're trying to help them and support them. Then they very quickly go, right, this is the company. And this is people that we actually are like-minded to
0: ourselves. And it's very interesting, George, because you hit on one thing there, I think, that comes across so many people's minds. So if any of you were out there, if you're an employee in a job, thinking of going your own route, or you're just newly set up in business, um, at one stage, it's more or less kind of a nine to five or, you know, maybe a bit longer working hours. But actually, when you do become an entrepreneur and take the, take the reins, should we say, into your own business world, um, the hours are limitless. They have no boundaries with regard to the clock. But yet there's a a different type of maybe sense of fulfillment or passion that comes through would you agree with that jared
1: yeah no absolutely i mean when you start when you start to work for yourself you obviously it's not that you don't care but there's more yeah you just you're happy to work the extra hours you're happy to put the effort in because you know that the rewards are coming back for you and you you know there's a sense that you want to be proud of what you're trying to achieve so for me if i have to work till seven eight o'clock at night you know I'll do that because I want to see the growth of the business Um, so yeah at the very start of the business I was working you know probably like everyone crazy hours I was probably working 78 hours a week to try and get the business off the ground and didn't have any concerns with being in the office till 11 10 11 o'clock at night and be back in again the next morning and I suppose as time goes on then I start to realize that yeah that you need you need to have that element of it to start with and to get the business off but you also then very much need the work-life balance so i'm not saying it went completely the other end now but i make sure that yeah I, i have cut off times weekends i just don't work unless something major happens and you know we are always there to support a customer or client particularly if they have a big project but normally we don't work weekends. It's normally Monday to Friday, nine to five, and we try and stick to that for our staff and for myself.
0: So it's good to hear you've got that that bit of balance back because I know it's something that I myself would have struggled with as well. And, you know, you mentioned there as well that health and safety, it's not necessarily very um, exciting, but yet risk is something that we all have had to manage uh, and so acutely. And I think that that has never been more evident than maybe when the pandemic hit back there in 2019. How was that time for the Fjuntar group? Did it have a positive or negative effect or how did you ride that wave?
1: Yeah, definitely for us now, it was a positive, you know, obviously, there's a the whole risk element of it was brought to the forefront of most companies. Um, and as you said, yeah, like health and safety, sometimes is always seen as kind of, you know, a bad thing or it's sometimes it can restrict businesses. When the pandemic hit then, yeah, there was a lot of companies going, right, we have this major risk and we don't know what to, we don't know what to do. Um, For us, then, we were able to step in and help all our existing customers and our existing clients, make them aware of what the requirements were and guide them through that process. You know, for us, the pandemic and COVID, um, in a very simplistic term, was just another risk to a business. Um, And we looked at what the risk is, we managed that risk in terms of controls, and we helped the customers through. we didn't see it as a big. We didn't see it as a big issue for for a lot of our customers. We knew that there was, you know, it was something that could potentially cause them a lot of trouble. But if the right controls are put in and the right management of that risk, then it can be something that is easily um, managed. Mm-hmm. And during the pandemic, then for us, then it brought safety to the forefront of a lot of companies. And we got contacts from companies that we probably would never have spoken to before but it was all because safety was now starting to be prime sort of target. The other thing as well for us was we actually had a lot of projects then that were still continuing through the pandemic because they were, you know, classed as essential projects. So we had healthcare care projects, uh, we had some data centers as well that were f- that fell under kind of essential services, um, so we were still working and we were still going through those, those projects. Um, and it was a very interesting time for both our staff and for, for our customers.
0: And, and even, you know, from, as you said, how you, how you got through it all and how health and safety really came to the mindset, you've gone through a significant growth period in that time as well, Gerd, which is, which is very, you know, admirable.
1: Yeah, so we like pre pre COVID, we were probably two three people in the office in Dublin, and we did you know we a couple in Belfast office as well. And um, between now uh, between then and now, yeah, we've we've taken on. And um, so in our Dublin office now we've up to, we've ten people. Our Belfast office we have three, and we've two in our London office. So yeah, huge growth in our in our offices. Um, and to be honest, for the next probably two three years, we only see that growth continuing. Um, as more and more projects come on board
0: and some of your, you know looking through your website there some of your sample projects such as working on the Titanic Museum in Belfast and the museum in Liverpool there's such the huge projects to have come from starting up you know to that sheer scale what do you attribute that success down to dirt
1: um, I think like for us the big thing is just we try and do we try to do a really really quality job. Um, we try and make the, we try and make things as straightforward and as easy for the customer that we're dealing with. Mm-hmm. Um, like, obviously as a business owner, I outsource certain aspects of my business. so like the accountancy, for example, the IT and the HR are all elements that are outsourced. And when I outsource them, I want someone that's going to take away the hassle for, for me. Um, do a good job and just be there kind of like when you need them to put, your, put an arm around you if something goes wrong. And we kind of try and do that in our business. Like safety is an outsourced service to a lot of our customers. So for us, the big thing is, you know, providing the service for them there. If a problem comes up, which ultimately it always does, the easiest thing to do is just call it a problem and say, we can't do anything. For us, it's about finding solutions.
0: And having that even solution focused mindset really ends up putting your customer and your client at ease, which results yeah. in repeat business and referrals, which I know that, you know, is almost so much easier to get. And look, no wonder talking to you and listening to you here today, Jared, that you've been awarded, you know, and received your three in a row business all star accreditation from the All-Ireland Business Foundation. So you've done the hat trick on it. What does mm. that mean for yourselves at the Fiontha Group and for you personally being the founder and director of the company?
1: Yeah, look, obviously I'm very, very proud, you know, having like having a company um, with your name on it and having, you know, the development of the company and seeing it grow over the number of years and then being awarded, you know, obviously the first year that we won it, it was a huge success for us and the second year and then to get third year, we're just like, we're delighted with it, you know, it's a huge success. We use we use all the imagery on obviously, our website, um, but also all our proposals that we go out. So, We have moved from the small contractor or the small company that we dealt with in 2012 where we're now dealing with large blue chip organizations, multinational Mm. companies. And, you know, to have that accreditation on our proposals and even to talk about it in some of our meetings now that we would have with future potential clients, it's just a badge. Well, for me, it's like a badge of honor for the company to say. Someone has come, someone is like from the outside is kind of looking in and saying, Yeah, do you know what? You're doing a good job. The service that you're providing is really, really good, and you should be proud of that. And we are
0: fantastic George you know it's well well earned for yourself personally and also for the team now you know no no company and I mentioned the analogy to a roller coaster earlier on no company is you know without its I suppose peaks and troughs and good times and bad times tell me some of the biggest challenges that you've had to overcome since you established the business back in 2012.
1: Yeah I mean it has been so 10 years it's been an interesting uh, development I obviously Ran the company myself from 2012 as a sole director. The company then just started to grow as well, and I and I have other interests and in other businesses as an entrepreneur. So in 2017, then I stepped out of the business uh, on the day-to-day run, and then we took on a new director. Um, and then just over time, the business just didn't perform the way it should, um, and so you know that's that's a difficult thing. I always think of the business kind of like as one of my other children, like it's something that I've kind of nurtured and, you know, you want to see them do well. And when a business doesn't perform the way it should, then obviously you feel, you know, it's personal, you know, it's something that you want to to help. Uh, So just before the pandemic then, uh, the January, February, then I stepped back in uh, as sole director again and uh, you know, took on the day to day running off again. Um, but that's th- those first sort of couple of months in of like taking back control, building business back up again and then all of a sudden being hit by COVID. Um, it's a difficult time, you know, um, it's the I think for anyone that's in business, uncertainty is what causes kind of you to stay awake at night, you know, when you're not really certain what's going to happen. Um, Probably like everyone in the first two weeks of COVID I thought it was great because, you know, um, I was at home and it felt like a holiday. Um, (laughs) But very, very quickly then after, um, very quickly then after two weeks, I was like, okay, uh, this isn't going to work long term sitting at home. Mm -hmm. Um, But for me, it was an opportunity then to really just look at the business and dissect everything that had been going on over the last kind of eight years. Um, And yeah, then... I wouldn't say we started the game, but we definitely restructured and we kind of took a fresh approach of how the business was being was being ran. Um, and we put together a very detailed plan, which was kind of over the next three and five years. So like we're in the kind of, for us, we're kind of in the year two of that plan. And, um, uh,
0: and I think one thing is that, you know, having that time to take stock and to actually plan ahead, you know, force you to really think about what is working in the business and maybe what isn't working in the business. And we're hearing that so much that maybe without something like the downtime that COVID did give, to give yourself that headspace to think, you know, and I think the one thing that we all know that we can't, you know, shouldn't focus on or should only focus on is on controlling the controllables. Um, And I think that you're very much so in that business with the Fionter Group. But just tell us, for our listeners today, the whole suite of services that you do provide, because it's such so, so array, and what really I suppose impressed me as well was your lev- your online offering to, to supplement. Yeah. I suppose the physical side. Tell us a little bit about those. Yeah, so like overall,
1: what we do is we provide health, safety, and environmental services, and we provide some quality management services as well through ISO. Um, like every company needs some element of health and safety. That's a legal requirement whether that's you know whether we're working in ireland the uk or whatever further afield the requirement is very much the same as a company you have certain duties that you must follow to ensure the safety of your company and your employees and anyone that comes into contact with you as an organization and mm-hmm. um, so from a very high level what we do is we go in and we work with companies and figure out exactly where they are on that stage of the journey in terms of safety and very much looking at their the risk that they have so you know different companies will have different elements of risk and we look at what their current compliance levels are and what they need to do to bring them up to be compliant Um, and that starts from a very simple gap analysis audit that we would do when we go into to a company an organization and then from that then the suite of services kind of develop out out from that so like we will look at all their documentation so one element is where we update all their documentation so whether that's something for a small organization like a safety statement we'll make sure that that's up to date if they don't have one we put those in we look at policies and procedures but for, for us it's not about paperwork it's a lot about like we're trying to limit the amount of paperwork so we're big on innovation so you know through our website we have this CAN portal Anyone that's a customer of ours is able to log in online. All the information that we work on is available for them to access through the website. Um, So they get their information at any time, day or night that they need. And then there's also an element of online uh, training as well. So their their staff can carry out certain aspects of training, uh, whether that's induction, whether it's fire safety training, uh, general awareness for safety, all uh, like a full list. I think at the moment we've got something like 30 courses of different wow. stuff to do, driving at work, any element of that. So that, and, and I suppose the way the world is now at the moment, while we want to stay nine to five, it doesn't suit everyone to stay nine mm-hmm. to five. So having an option where a customer or a client can access a portal and access services outside normal nine to five, if that's mm-hmm. what they want and if that's their work method, then that you know that helps them and you know obviously assists us as well you know.
0: So there's fantastic innovation coming through there, Jared. You know, and I'm trying to imagine what's next for the Fiunter Group because you've gone through such a good period of growth. You know, especially in the last thing. You know what what's next? Where to next?
1: Um, yeah, I suppose like the next couple of the next couple of years or well the next couple of months uh, definitely is just continue the growth. Uh, we're targeting you know we have a list. Um, which we have on a board here, like a kind of vision board that we have. So we have five top kind of blue chip companies that we're trying to target. Um, And that's part of our kind of continuous development where we're trying to target certain companies that we want to work with now. Um, I suppose previously you kind of expect companies to come to you, but we're, you know, we know the type of companies and the organizations we want to work with. And unfortunately the ones we don't want to work with. Yes. Um,
0: yeah.
1: Uh, but yeah, that's that's kind of our target. Our target is gross. Uh, particularly, yeah, like in the key areas that we have our offices. So Belfast, Dublin, and London. Uh, Dublin for us is definitely a gross market that we're gonna continue growing um, mm-hmm. as as the pace of kind of stuff of you know activity continues. Um, I don't know. Like I think for us, yeah, Brexit definitely has had an impact in terms of growth for us again. A lot of companies are relocating to Dublin. I think that's Mm. still continuing in terms of companies wanting a European English-speaking city um, that's good and accessible. So I think that's that's had a big impact in terms of a lot of our activities and a lot of our work. The other big thing for us is just more innovation. So we have about three or four different innovative ideas that are currently in the process of being developed. Um, One is um, we are due to launch in the next couple of months our own health and safety app. So that'll be um, issued out then to all our current customers and then something that will be available for new customers. The idea then is to kind of, we want to reduce Paperwork completely from health and safety. Um, that's our target. Our target is to kind of use uh, technology to make life easier for contractors, make life easy for customers, organisations, um, and yeah, just make make it uh, yeah, make make that service sector that we're offering to you know just mm-hmm. an easier easier system for them.
0: Yeah, and for both sides, because I can just see how systemizing and automating so much of that can have benefit internally for yourselves and maybe the number of clients that you serve, but also the quality of the service that you can provide results also making it easier from an accessibility side from the customer or from the client from the client side. So it all looks like, you know, sounds so impressive. And I think You've spun a very nice light as well on what isn't so often so um, such a, an impressive topic such as risk and health mm-hmm. and safety and all those mundane things that we think that we have to do, but actually realizing the importance of them as well for the smooth running and the obligations of any employer and their staff and the employees and the projects they're working on. But Gerard, I just want to get to know you maybe a little bit better. So I'm going to lift the bonnet of the car and just fire mm-hmm. a few quick, quick fire questions at you. So here's the challenge. I just want you just to... Give me the first answer that comes into your head so there's no no long thinking or pausing aloud, <laughs> aloud okay. at these. And yeah. We'll see where it takes us, Jared. Yeah. So tell us, Jared, what's your most cherished possession? Now we can't have a heartbeat.
1: Oh, probably then my my phone and my app my Apple phone and my Apple Watch.
0: Very good. All things so you're an Apple man all out. Yeah. If you could send some advice back in time to say your twenty year old self, what wisdom would you share?
1: don't uh yeah definitely not don't think about what people or don't worry about what people think about you
0: yeah good stuff yeah very yeah. similar advice definitely,
1: when i was younger i were i kind of worry too much about what other people thought
0: yeah i think many 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 of us have done that yeah. so tell us something george that most people wouldn't know about you
1: well know because i'm quite an open book so i don't have really many things that people don't know Oh, you've
0: got me stuck <laughs> When we give you a pass on that one, you can come back to me. Yeah. <laughs> I think of it. What did you want to be when you were a child? So when you were growing up, you know, was health and safety always something on your mind or...
1: No, I think when I was growing up, there was two things. One, I always thought I wanted to kind of run some company or something. Obviously, um, I was an 80s child and I watched all the American movies where they were in their big offices in America. And I kind of always thought, yeah, I wanted to be in that corporate world of having like the big company or the big organization. Uh, so there was definitely always an element of that. And I always was I always had an entrepreneurial kind of background, like early from an early age, I kind of mm-hmm. You know, I was always trying to sell stuff or trying to do something to make money, um, but the other thing probably, and this might tie into actually your question earlier about something people don't know about me was, um, yeah, one of the other things I wanted to do was actually be a doctor. Very good. Yeah, um, but yeah, I went down the route of you went to, well, like, you're
0: still down a health and safety type route, so yeah, you know, so down, you're down, down the, the health but in a different yeah. way. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> in a different uh, route, different route <laughs> maybe yeah. that vision board just wasn't specific enough <laughs> it I don't think it was. Yeah. Yeah. and come here if you could have a dinner party and invite any four guests who would you like to have around the table
1: uh i think richard branson would be one of them i always kind of liked him um i it probably he's in my head at the moment i don't know if people are aware of him but a guy called david goggins and um, right. he is a U.S. Navy SEAL, and I'm listening to his audiobook at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and recommend recommended,
0: obviously. Yeah.
1: Um, so his whole thing is just about, yeah, he's had a real, like he had a very, very tough upbringing, and he talks about his time in the Navy SEALs and what his, li- his life has been pretty difficult, mm. um, but what he's overcome. And Brilliant. real, yeah, just real attitude of just never giving up. Um mm-hmm. You know and um yeah just real like the de- dogged determination just to get on with it no matter what was thrown at him
0: good stuff i um, must check that one out so we've got d we've got richard branson we've got david goggins
1: um my son has this fascination with michael d higgins uh, very good and he talks about him all the time, so i'd say probably michael d just for the for, the, the, for a bit of a crack um, and <laughs>
0: um,
1: number four Probably some musician or someone, someone that would be, so probably Christy Moore, probably. Yeah, but a
0: bit of entertainment, trying to
1: people going, you know.
0: And he'd be sure to bring a shovel with him, <laughs> bringing yeah. in the health and safety. Yeah. We'll, see, he, we'll see, does he get your pass? <laughs> yeah. And come here, just to wrap it up, um, Jared, if you had a motto in life, what would that be?
1: Um, My motto would probably be no matter what happens to you, it'll always get better and just keep going.
0: Yes, yeah, stellar advice there, George. George, if anybody wants to check in with you afterwards or check out the work that you do with the Fjuntar Group, especially if they're, you know, in the market looking at, you know, from a health and safety perspective, how do they get in touch with you?
1: Yeah, so the easiest way is just uh, through the website. So Um or LinkedIn is the kind of one that we use all the time. So feel free to reach out on LinkedIn and just send me a message and I'll always come back on that way.
0: Brilliant, George. You've certainly um, shone the whole world of risk assessment and health and safety into a much more positive light that I came into this chat on. So thank you for sharing it as well with us. Um, And also the journey that you've been on at the Fionter Group and wishing you many more years of success. And we'll see now that you've done the hat trick. Will you go the five? (laughs) That's the big thing. Will you get the jersey in Crow Park? (laughs) Thank you so much for joining me.
1: No worries, Tal. Thanks,
0: Thank you for listening to AIBF Business Talk today. I really do hope you enjoyed listening in. To find out more about the All-Ireland Business Foundation and the work that we do, especially the Business All-Stars programme, just go to www.aibf.ie. Remember, never put off until tomorrow what you can do today. Until next time, from your host, Elaine Carl, goodbye.